It's time for the first edition of 41 is the Mike, a weekly Chiefs podcast with Nick Jacobs of KSHB 41 and Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. 41 is the Mike starts now. Welcome to our latest edition of 41 is the Mike. We are here post game talking about the Chiefs and the Jaguars. And I am Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. Joining me, my co-host, dear friend, Nick Jacobs from KSHB 41 News. Um, Nick and I are still exploring our enclosure like animals at the zoo. So I'll be your host this week. Nick will be the sidekick, and we'll just change it around, and you, you'll never know what's going on. But uh, you, you like to explore the room? Yeah, I'm exploring the room right now. you got to keep it unpredictable. This is the opportunity to do that, just like the Chiefs' performance was somewhat unpredictable. And I was just getting ready to say, the Chiefs are also in, exploring their room and their enclosure <laughs> right now. Of the 2023 uh, season. <laughs> and, and you know, there's no reason to, to start off a win on a, on a bad note. So let's talk about the good thing, which is that the, the 2023 Chiefs are, are driven by their defense, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I hope that's not the case the entire season. But, I mean, hey, if that's what they got to do until the offense gets up to a certain standard that everybody's used to, I mean, hey, whatever – gets them to another playoff run and hopefully another championship. I, I, I'm i completely for it. I think everybody had a lot of questions, and obviously there were a lot of questions for Steve Spagnuolo before the season about this defensive line and what it was going to be either with or without Chris Jones. Today we got to see what it's like with Chris Jones out there, and what are your thoughts? Because it, it certainly didn't look like they missed a step today. Yeah, I mean, Chris at times you could tell, like, I mean – I mean, don't get me wrong. Whenever you and I saw him Wednesday at the press conference, he was in fantastic shape, which you and I both didn't doubt to begin with because we know how how intense that guy works out down the floor. It's just a matter of when you have the helmet and shoulder pads on and, you know, you got you got guys who are pushing back against you and that's going to make you sore and you're even using muscles then that you may not use in training and you don't realize until you feel it a day or two later or three days later. And, you know, it would be interesting to see what Chris Jones' recovery is like this week. But, I mean, look, I mean, he gave he gave what he had and what he was available to out there in that uh, in that Jacksonville heat. And so, I mean, I mean, he, he was a big difference maker and, you know, I, I would, I'm glad we don't have to find out what, what it would be like without him in week two. The the thing that most impressed me though, I think was just how effective they were against the run. I mean, they had a fairly strong week last week against, I think a better offensive line with the lions Um, today. I think you were hoping that you could stop Travis Etienne, but they really bottled him up early. I mean, it was, it was pretty impressive. The, the, the show of force they were able to show on the run side of the ball. Yeah, and when you have Chris taking on double teams for the most part, then that definitely allows everybody to win their one-on-ones. And, you know, Carl Loftus, it was it was funny whenever um in the pass rushing part of it, early on there, they when they rotated uh Jones and Carl Loftus and Jones went to end and Carl Loftus was inside, they had it they had a contained play where Jones was the end and came up and caught the attention of the running back and right tackle. Then Carl Loftus just kind of hung back in a delay. And then they flushed Lawrence up to where they wanted him to go. And then Karloftis was waiting, uh, waiting to make that sack. So, I mean, but that was that was a strategy thing they were actually doing because you could tell just because Karloftis was maintaining right there and waiting a tick or two. Like, they they got him to go where they wanted to. And that when you have a cheese pass rush at that level, that's, that's what you're going to potentially be able to get. So having somebody of Chris Jones' talent out there with Felix getting more comfortable, with Mike Dana being a guy who can dominate at a defensive tackle spot and clear rushing downs, that combination, we bring a Minahue back, 
it's, it's there's there's more than five guys that they can rush with comfortably and be able to be effective and and long term you're hoping to get to eight because that's what most successful defenses pass rushing wise have yeah i'm, I'm glad you mentioned ominahue because right now even if you're talking about that third down package with jones and uh anadike uzama coming in felix coming in on the outside and then carl loftus and dana going inside that looks like a pretty strong front four that you can really pin your ears back on on third down, and you don't have to blitz with that group. Yeah, and that, and that, and, and if if Spagnuolo doesn't have to blitz, he just has the option to blitz if he wants to get the ball out at a certain point. That's going to make that Chiefs defense very very dangerous long term because there's there's quarterbacks they're going to be going against. There's one next week, uh, Justin Fields that. If you can dictate what they do and when they where they're going to throw it to by how you blitz, then that becomes a problem, and then uh, those teams become pretty predictable pretty quickly. One thing I, I was I was also impressed with, I mean, even though it wasn't that very long, when Nick Bolton got dinged up and, and came out for a couple of plays, um, I mean, you're going to miss Nick Bolton. I mean, especially if he's out long term. But back short term, you know, Drew Trank was able to, to step in there, and they really didn't look like they missed a beat. Yeah, and I mean, Drew Tranquil is a fantastic coverage linebacker. He reads well. In all honesty, I'm hoping to see him start, whether it's this year if they are able to retain his services and bring him back next year. He deserves a starting spot because he's honestly, in my opinion, more of the linebacker they need for this scheme to be successful overall, more so than just necessarily being kind of a downhill run thumper, which is kind of honestly more of what they have with Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, and, and Leo Chanel, like those three collectively, they're more downhill guys. Tranquil's a guy that can drop back because early on the Jaguars were trying that play action pass that the Lions did to see how it worked. Yeah. And, you know, they Lawrence was off and he wasn't he wasn't as accurate as he needed to be. So then they kind of abandoned that and then the run game wasn't working. So they couldn't keep they couldn't they couldn't lean on the stuff that either the Lions did last week or they did against the Colts. And I think that kind of took away a lot of their rhythm. Uh, for Jacksonville, that is. And I, I, I do have to give big-time kudos to Leo Chanel, though, because he did not fall for the banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> I was so proud. I mean... I, I just mostly I just like to I like to work that phrase in anytime I can, Nick, and in, into anything. Mm-hmm. But on that that throwback pass, did not, he did not fall for the banana in the tailpipe? Yeah, and and I mean like that. Part of me kind of wonders if that's what they were working on when he when uh, Lawrence threw it back laterally the first time. You know, I, I kind of want in the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs took recovery at that point. Uh, that fumble that kind of made me wonder. I'm like, okay, is that? When I saw it later on, I was like, is that what they were working on? They wanted to see how the secondary reacted and if they bit up on it or not so that they could try to, you know, do this part of the play and everything. So when I look at the coach's film and that comes out, I'll be intrigued to see that part of it. But part of me kind of wondered if that was something they were testing out. But then later on, Lawrence got in a panic when he was getting sacked by Chris Jones late in that game and and threw it a little bit backwards again, and that happened. So maybe maybe it wasn't, but I don't know. We'll We'll see on that journey later on this week. I mean, we are in a bit unusual territory where we're talking so much about the Chiefs' defense because it played so well. Um, I don't know if we can say the same thing about the offense. They won, but you know, through two weeks, this is this is the highest scoring team in the league last year, averaging twenty nine points a game. Through two games, they're averaging nineteen points. Nick, is it time to panic? Um, I'm not going to say yet because <laughs> I still still part of me is. 
Uh, Juan Taylor still figuring out where he needs to properly align to not get called and when to not fall start. I mean, him and him and Donovan Smith, they're working out their their comfort level in the system. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're better pass blockers and they're better protection overall collectively to where Mahomes has the time to go find the receivers. It's just that offense right now is just definitely not in sync. I mean, from a receiver perspective, you know, I mean, Kelsey's still kind of working his way back. You can still see he's a little bit, a little bit slow, a tick slower, everything, just like on that, on that one comeback touchdown there to the, to the pylon, that's a West coast staple that Kelsey's caught time and time again to convert short yardage and to catch a couple touchdowns. He was just a little off on that with Mahomes and Mahomes is normally expecting him to be a little bit, you could tell Mahomes expecting him to kind of be where he normally would and coming out of that break, you could tell it just wasn't it wasn't in sync the way that it normally would be. And so I think like it's honestly probably gonna take Kelsey another week of practice and maybe even a couple of weeks just to kind of get back in the rhythm. And that shows you just how quickly something can kind of fall off a little bit just from you know an injury in that amount of time to kind of not just be a hair or two slower in that regard. I mean, Travis is the last guy in the world who's ever going to tell you if he's hurting, and he certainly is never going to blame an injury. But I thought it was pretty telling in the post-game press conference when he was asked if, about the injury and everything. He kind of took a beat before saying, no, the injury had nothing to do with it. I mean, you can tell he's not 100%. And I mean, and so you, at one hand, you, you give it to the guy for gutting it out there. But then again, I mean, is is at the same time, is you know, is this the time where maybe Travis does need to back it off a little bit, trying to find a way to make sure that he's ready later in the season? And, you know, right now the Chiefs have a lot of mouths to feed on offense. I mean, he gets nine targets today, four catches. You know, do some of those targets, does, does that ball need to be going to somewhere else right now? Yeah, I mean, part of it is they're gonna have to keep working with you know, they're gonna have to keep working Justin Ross and, and you know, Rasheed Rice in. They're gonna have to work those guys in to kind of get them reps and get them the packages that, you know, you and I heard uh, Beach talk about in that Zoom that we were on um, in terms of like him hinting that they're gonna have some packages and kind of slowly work them in. Just like the Chiefs did with Tyreek and like the Chiefs have done with every other new wide receiver in their offense over Andy Reid's tenure here. So, I mean, I fully expect that to be part of the case, but on top of it, you know, I mean, Sky Moore, you're still trying to get him confidence and get him in rhythm. Kadarius Tony, you're still trying to help him find a rhythm. And that may take a, this whole entire month, you know, where he may not be in rhythm for five, you know, week five, week six, around that range, just because of being uh, that that far off from training camp, you know, and that, that may take a whole month to work back to that potential level. So, I mean, it's just a matter of those guys staying as healthy as they can, the O-line giving them the right amount of time they need, being able to lean on a strong running game that it goes north south, stop going laterally. You have an offensive line that can that can knock people off the ball if you allow them to do it. And you know you don't do as much finesse running. So if they do those little things, I mean, what they were doing with the Jaguars today, the Jaguars love to crash up in their scheme and they love to attack. So if you throw the slants, you throw the drag routes, you know, you keep everything in front of them in the sticks. They love that. That's what they thrive on. That's what that scheme thrives on. So the Chiefs were playing into their hand for a certain portion of it. And when you get when you get back in the sticks and down a distance, that just encourages them even more to really kind of sit back there and just kind of let you let you explore the first 10 yards. The one thing that really stood out to me about the offense today was clearly 
the mistakes. You know, last week against Detroit, it was the drops. That was more than anything else. I mean, that team, if it just hadn't dropped the ball, <laughs> would have beaten the Lions rather convincingly. Today, they caught the ball. There were, there were no problems with drops, but penalties, fumbles, um, just the mistakes were very uncharacteristic for this team. Is this just, you know, another byproduct of the youth on this team and the new faces on this team all getting used to each other? Is there is there a pressing going on? Do you see? I mean, and I know Andy Reid said, "Hey, it wasn't the humidity, it wasn't the heat, you know, causing these problems today." But he he conceded. I mean, that's not this is not who they are. I mean, what's it, what is causing this? That this offense that we're used to kind of moving like clockwork has just really kind of sputtered the last two weeks. Yeah, I think more so today. Uh, I I know Coach Reed may not say that, and he doesn't like to make excuses. But I mean, when you're on that heat, I mean, you and I could see at times up at St. Joan when that heat got out there. I mean, there was some of those type of some of those type of issues. So I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna add that to be a little piece or a little account of it. I'm not gonna say that's the whole aspect of it, but I mean. That when you're tired and when you're you're dealing with heat sometimes, you know, you may not take that extra step or you may not make that extra reach block to be able to get in position. And like, you know, you may be a little worn out. So I'm not stunned that that may be a little portion of the case for those guys that continue to build up their game stamina since this is really only their second game that they're, you know, they're playing 60 to 70 snaps versus preseason. You know, when you if they got to 30, that was, an, you know, that was half half of half of the game in that aspect of it but i mean i think that's a piece of the puzzle of it and then like you said i mean i think they're i mean they're going against different opponents now they're not just getting looks and people are adjusting to it so i think from a receiver perspective it's still they're still trying to find their their rhythm collectively i think they're still trying to find their identity overall and who they're going to be and how confident they can be and you know i was talking with uh mick shaver sports director and like he brought up a good point you know it, it just seems like sometimes they're still trying to replace what they lost in kareem you know in kareem hunt they're still trying to replace what they lost in tyreek yeah. and then someday the reality is they're gonna have to try to replace what they lost in kelsey but you, you know that you may not be able to you may have to you know it may not be able to take that same road every time so Kadarius Tony may not be able to be that tyreek hill you know isaiah pacheco may not be able to be that kareem hunt you're just gonna have to kind of find ways, new ways to evolve and continue to move forward and help Mahomes build that comfort level with whoever they, it needs to be. And, you know, and to me, almost today is one of those days where I almost want to say the turnovers didn't bother me because, you know, on the one hand, I mean, the Richie James turnover, I don't know how he could have avoided it. You know, you, you lose the ball in the sun. I mean, the only thing you can do is just get out of the way. But if then again, I mean, if you lose the ball in the sun a half second before it hits you, there's not much you can do. Um, but then the, the other play is, you know, the other fumbles. I mean, Jacksonville had the same ball security problem. So it was clearly both sides on that one. They were just fortunate they didn't turn the ball over. Um, you know, fumble goes out of bounds on a lateral. I mean, they had their own problems, but the penalties were the bigger issue. I mean, the Chiefs had 12, Jacksonville two. Um, that's quite a difference. But then again, a lot of those penalties were on the offensive line and quite a few of them were on Juwan Taylor. Is this just a case of Juwan was under the microscope today and that Chiefs offensive line was under the microscope and it's a one-time thing? Or is this something that needs to be watched going forward? That's kind of the question for Andy Heck that he's going to have to figure out over these next couple of weeks until they 
until they, I mean, when they face the Jets, they better have it corrected just because going against that defense, it's going to be pretty intense. And they're that Jets defense, they're going to be able to bring some, uh, they're going to be able to bring some heat. So you better, you better, better have things tightened up by that point. But yeah, I mean, I, Taylor had the microscope on him. That was pretty much clear. There was a couple times where I'm like, man, they may get him right here, and they didn't. I'm like, oh, okay. So it was a little inconsistent. And then, like, the Donovan Smith hold when he hooked him, totally, you know, I totally get the call, and I'm not against that call. But then when it happened to Chris Jones where it should have been a safety on the Jaguars, I'm like, all right, guys, you, you got to call it even. I mean, that's fine that you called it on Donovan, but you've got to call it there too. And so it just it, there was a little inconsistency in that aspect of that. So I mean, or otherwise that, that game might be over a little bit quicker than what it was. But I mean, I'm still open right now because I mean, for me, the 2023 Chiefs are a blank slate until like week seven or eight. That's who they become at that point. So it's something to monitor and see if it's going to be a trend. But until long term, it gets to you know until we get to week seven or eight, and this is happening over and over again, which you and I both hope doesn't happen. But until until it gets to that point, I think just like you and I are in this podcast. Chiefs are still exploring the room. <laughs> Indeed, they are. Um, and now, w- one of those 12 penalties did go against Travis Kelsey. He got had another penalty that was offset. Oddly enough, neither of the penalties were assessed against him for punting a football into the stands. <laughs> so there's that. But we saw a little bit of maybe... 25-year-old Travis Kelsey out there today with the emotions than, you know, than than the almost 34-year-old Travis Kelsey. Uh, what what do you make of that? Is that, you know, maybe just Travis having a bad day and a bad year? Because we, we saw he had a little bit of a temper in training camp when, when people were going at him and giving him the business and everything. And now his first game back and he he had a, he had some chippiness out there today. Yeah, I was a little I was a little surprised when he first came back to kind of I I don't know. I mean, part of it, part of me kind of wonders and I was debating about it in my head. I'm like, okay. So, I mean, he's coming off that injury. Is is this what's helping him keep that edge to feel like he's still keeping that up to that step that he's used to, even though he may not be a hundred percent, but then another part of me kind of like, man, there was, there was a couple times there where I I don't know what the Jaguars were saying to him or what was being exchanged back and forth. Cause I, I can only imagine what they may have been saying to him to put to put that temper at that level or were they making taylor swift references like everybody's been making for this entire week now that he's had to deal with had to hear i mean you heard it in the broadcast you know you hear it everywhere on social media there's references across the world about it at this point is that is that a piece of that puzzle but i knew something was up whenever mahomes went out on a scramble and then I see Kelsey just buries 23 into the ground. And like, he is still pancaking him. And then like, I, I see Mahomes pop up and Kelsey's still pancaking this dude in the ground. And then, and then he pops up and then that 23 is like, well, what's going on here? And then later, I think they, they got into it again later on that drive and down the road after sky Moore's and I got into it with some other guys on the secondary. So I, I, I can only imagine what was being said out there and, and what type of edge Mike Caldwell's got that Jaguars defense potentially playing with and i kind of wonder if it rivals with that 2018 uh defense that like to talk a lot for the jaguars back then too well and and as you have noted this is not exactly a jaguars team that um let's say uh lives a clean lifestyle when it comes to um uh, maybe having a little attitude I am not going to comment on a certain <laughs> player from uh social media that i uh that i had i had 
I had fans of that base in my mentions uh, pretty much all week long, even today after an interception that he had. Look, I mean, he's he's you know he's he's I get it. I, he's he's their he's the guy they're going to root for. He's the part of the team they're going to root for. I totally get it. I understand people are going to disagree with my opinion on it, and that's completely fine. I'm not upset about that. But when certain people were commenting about either my weight or some of those things, that that's when it got unnecessary, and that's when I started. That's when I'm like, all right, you're done. I'm not listening to that anymore. And then he had more people come into the mentions and said I couldn't handle it and that type of stuff. I'm like, no, there's just a certain boundary I have. It doesn't like, like my thought process is there's a certain boundary to where I I'm okay. You have a right to your opinion. I'm not going to be upset about it, even if we disagree, but when it gets to a certain personal point to where it has nothing to do with the conversation, you're just saying that because you're upset about it. That's when it, that's when it gets to a certain level where I'm like, all right, we're, we're done with this. And this is, this is done and on top of it, it's simply just an opinion. It doesn't affect his life. He's still going to receive his paycheck. He's still going to go out there and train hard and try to play football to the best of his ability. So, like, it just, I don't know, one of those unique things about social media and society that you get reminded about sometimes. Uh, so that's my high horse. I apologize. That is a great high horse. That is, a, I'm absolutely right there with you on this high horse because it, it, it goes both ways. There's a lot of people that um, take things too far online and sometimes they blow things out of proportion and they can't take just accurate criticism and accurate observations um and, and you know what i mean i think there's a reasonable point there when you're talking about travis and you know and everything because what we saw in training camp i mean travis wasn't going out of the way looking for fights i mean when when he had some issues with a couple of guys it was because that was like maybe the sixth guy at the end of a play that was trying to poke the ball loose and and the heat index was 100 degrees. Well, there was probably a lot of talking in between plays today that we just didn't see. Yeah. And and there's no doubt. I mean, when the other team wants to needle anybody, if they want to pick on somebody, they're picking on Travis. And they're probably making Taylor Swift comments in some way, shape, or form. Because as people remember, Shannon Sharp back in the day, you know, he found out uh, allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly, found out a number and kept mentioning that number to Derek Thomas, and that's what set him off in that Monday night meltdown. So, I mean, that whatever a guy's got to do to get into other players' heads, they're willing to do it. And, you know, that's that's uh, it wouldn't stun me if we don't find out down the road that that was something that maybe transpired today. But, yes, I was surprised to see Travis punt a football into the stands, um, and I was surprised there wasn't a penalty on that one because, I, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if the rules have changed in any way, shape, or form, but, I mean, I'm pretty sure that was – I don't remember if there's still a rule for a prop, if that's considered a prop, and then if the, the fines and all that stuff. I don't know. We'll, we'll see as the week goes on. There's too many rules in my head right now. It was different because usually when I when I see a non-punter punt the football into the stands, it's because they're angry about something rather than Travis just celebrating a touchdown. And I was trying to remember. I was like, was that the knee that he hurt that he was punting the football with? <laughs> like, I'm like, I know the right knee was the one he had the sleeve on this week, and I'm like, is he punting with that one? I'm like, yes, it must be fine then. Hey, as we as we learned with the Kelsey brothers, any anything is in bounds for those guys when it comes to they'll they'll, they'll let nothing hold them back, and that's yeah. why we love them, right? <laughs> yeah, no, they have a great podcast. New Heights is fantastic, and I listen to it every week. I still got to get through the other half of it, but is you know. It's it's a couple car rides for me to and from work for that one. 
um, they 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 go a long time. We don't go as long, Nick. We just try to get in and out and and get people informed and tell them what we think, and then we're out of here. And so we try, we try to be like an efficient fast food drive-through. There you go. A, a podcast. <laughs> we're, we're 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 long enough to to cook some chicken while we're in we're, we're in line waiting for food. As long as it passed uh, health health department that's <laughs> standards, right. that's all I ask. The <laughs> well, Chiefs win this one, seventeen to nine. The defense looking great. Um, I don't. I know the defense themselves are not surprised. Maybe maybe Chiefs fans are a little surprised at how how strong they've been out of the box, but um, been very impressive. The offense still exploring its enclosure, trying to find its mood. We'll see what happens next week uh, when they take on the Bears. I just every time I hear you say explore the enclosure, I think of the uh I think of the 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 fat bear contest coming up every single time and how that's the that it's a fat bear, big bear. I can't remember. I know there's bears involved and they're eating salmon. It's uh the fat bear week for the for the bears of Katmai National Park in Alaska. And so yes, the voting will be coming up in early October, Nick. So I'll I'll make sure you know. I, that's all I ask, Matt. That's all I ask in this world is that you let me know so I can vote on this. <laughs> well, we'll let everybody know. We might have to talk about Fat Bear Week, uh, you know, in, in a future episode for at least a couple of minutes. Uh, thanks for thanks for joining us, everybody. On Forty One Is the Mike, we will see you next time. You've been listening to Forty One Is the Mike, presented by KSHB Forty One, your home of the Chiefs and Chiefs Digest. Mm-hmm.